Welcome to a very, very, very special edition of The Haber Show. I sat down with the Golden State Warriors legendary trio, Run TMC. That's Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen. And I sat down at the NBC Sports Bay Area Studios, and I was surprised to learn that it was not just like a private room in a podcast studio. This was in front of a live audience. This was an awesome time, a career highlight for me. Tons of laughs going down memory lane with these guys. The story behind the amazing nickname, how it came to be, playing for Nelly, uh, the outfits, just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I had no idea about. And believe me, you do not want to miss Mitch Richmond's heart-wrenching anecdotes about getting traded to Sacramento. Just, yeah. So I had a great time with these guys, and I'm sure you will too. Without further ado, the greatest nickname trio in NBA history, Run TMC. Here's the killer crossover by Hardaway. Nice spin move by Mitch Richmond. He goes left. Mitch Richmond. Here's Mullen off the Hardaway steal. This is awesome to see you guys coming up. I mean, Run TMC was such an, a legendary thing, and I was looking back today on how many seasons you guys were together, and the answer is... Two. How is that possible that you guys had such a legendary status? What was it about Run TMC, the three of you in Golden State, that made you guys, you know, generations will talk about you? I think at the time, our style of play was unique and different. That poster. <laughs> <laughs> but then, the, you know, the, I, th I think that the catchy name had a little something to do with it. There was some great twosomes and threesomes, you know, that played against us didn't catch on as much as, and I, I do think the, uh, the question of what might have been, right? Because we only played two years together, which I didn't even know till a, a few years ago. I think when I went in the Hall of Fame, we started sitting down doing these things, and then someone said, you know, I said, what? Yeah. I feel like I played with him for like 12 years, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was short and sweet. Uh, but I think a lot of what you see today, we were doing in the, in the late 80s, um, maybe not shooting as many three-point shots, but that up-tempo, small basketball, driving, you know, just playing fast and, and making the other big players pay for their inefficiencies. I mean, Run TMC, everyone knows Run DMC, but it was like the perfect nickname. You guys are running the T for Tim. And, I mean, we're right in perfect line right here. Mitch and Chris, but... 162 points in that season opener against Denver. That still is a record in today's NBA. 162 points that you guys scored in a game. This was regulation. This wasn't like seven overtimes. What do you guys remember from that game? It was uh, 162 to 158. I think it was like 87 to 84 at halftime. That was the season opener. Oh, well, the uh, only thing I can remember, and, and people don't understand behind the scenes, we probably had 32 a days of practice, getting ready to uh, play Denver in the mile high. And so, you know, Nelly ran us to death, uh, getting prepared for that team because Denver had a, a great team that can really kind of push the ball, score a lot of points. So Nelly said, we have to outscore them and we have to be in shape. So right before the season, he just ran us to death. <laughs> yeah. Tim, you were coming into this team with, with Mully and, and Mitch. What was that like? What was the first time you guys picked up a ball together? Right after I signed that piece of paper at the press conference, they was like, what you want to do? I was like, let's go play some basketball. And we went to go play some basketball. <laughs> and um, 
you know, we was there for like three hours just playing, just running up and down, just playing. And, you know, I, I, when I play against, when I play with guys, I already know what they like to do, what they don't like to do, what they, how they like to receive the basketball. So it was like I already scouted them during the playoffs and during the season and didn't know I was going to be a Golden State Warrior because I tried to get here from Chicago and it was a real bad storm in Chicago and I couldn't get here. So next thing you know, I got drafted by the Golden State Warriors and they was like, did you, did you go there for a visit? I was like, no. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I ended up here, but Don Nelson knew who he wanted and what he wanted and what type of style he wanted to play. So, you know, it, it, I just fitted in right with him. And, you know, it was an easy fit. I like to pass the ball. I like to get everybody involved, and I like to have you fun. You had 18 assists in that game, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Everybody who played was tired except Chris Mullen. <laughs> After that game, we was dead tired. Mully was like, all right, let's go. But that's the way Mully was. He was in fabulous shape every day. Yeah, well, I, I remember because Paul West had, had taken over in Denver, and he was notoriously this – he was going to run and gun with everybody. Nelly just took that on as a challenge and got to us early and said, listen, we're talking that first game. We're going to show them how to run and gun. You know, he had this unique uh, training. They were training in the pool, doing st some stuff back then, which was kind of unheard of and very un unconventional. Yeah, yeah. So Nelly took that as a challenge. Like, okay, you want to run? We're showing up. We're going to run. And uh, – and we did. Nelly, Nelly was a coach where you're going to have to team up with us or do something unique to play against us. We're not going to change our style. You're going to have to change your style. And most of the time, teams had to change their style. Yeah, how revolutionary was that is, you know, trying to run teams out of the gym rather than trying to match up size-wise? Well, you know, when we, when we played, if you started a different team against us, oh, we knew we had you. Because we knew that you was trying to compete with us yeah. and try to run with us and try yeah. to do what we do. So we had you. And, your, and the other teammates, their teammates was mad at the coach because he wasn't starting them. So the same way with Golden State Warriors, you know, last year, not this year, last year, <laughs> that, you know, they tried to match up, match up with them. Mm -hmm. yep. And when you try to match up with them, oh, we got you right there because you getting out your comfort zone. So that's when we know we hit, had you. So that, that season, I guess, uh, the, the local paper, uh, the San Francisco Examiner, decides to do a fan vote on your nickname. And you guys show up to the gym, and they got names here. I'm going to name a few of these, and the audience has to decide which one's the fake one. Run TMC was the actual winner you guys pick. Here are some other ones. Again, one of these is fake. The Dunkin' Go-Nuts. <laughs> Nelly's Gleesome Threesome. Totally Tubular Trio. Heat, meat, and sweet, and the Bermuda Triangle. So which one's fake? They're all real. They were all real. I mean, these were the, the like, when Run D TMC came up, you must have been like, yes, fine. We're going to do that one. Yeah, no question. No, no one knew who the meat was going to be in that one. So. <laughs> So, uh, so Who is sweet? Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Run TMC hits, and uh, you guys sold out every home game that season. 
And it must have felt like you guys had something special going on. When was the first moment you had that where it might have been the first time you guys played together, but when did you realize that season when you got this nickname, you guys are running teams out of the gym, but when did you realize that, like, this is 30 years later, people are going to get in a room and, and want to see us again? I don't think we ever realized, you know, 30 years later, it would still be this popular. But I think that when we was playing – and started playing, I think, after that last game against Seattle, that last home game that we won, I, I think we knew that we had something special going into that next season. And we wanted to come out and show the world that we're ready and we're ready to take the next level. And, um, and we did. Yeah, let's talk about that Spurs series first. Two seed versus seven seed, you're going against the Admiral and the Spurs. What was that like going against, as underdogs? I mean, the We Believe Warriors, everyone remembers that, but you guys were the big upset in that 7-2 series. What was that like? I, I think for our team, we, we felt that we could beat them. Um, you know, we had a, a coach that was uh, very confident. He was confident in our play. Uh, he knew that. I think he was probably one of the best strategizing coach that we that I ever been around, and uh, he knew how to to maneuver. He knew how to m maneuver and uh, and play chess. And so he did did some things in that series where he put uh, Rod Higgins at the center spot. Uh, the first game, though, the the first <laughs> game we we, uh, we lost. Yeah, we lost. Like and I, I think uh, Rod Strickland and uh, Willie Anderson had. 30 points each. And so after the game, you know, we felt like we, we played all right, but, you know, we got beat and Nelly came into the locker room and said, uh, yo, we're going to get them next game, but you two guys got to play some defense. <laughs> so it was me <laughs> and Tim. So, yeah, so, um, you know, he, he was ready. You know, he came in the next game and he changed some things up, put Rod at the center spot. Uh, I think I moved down to the four. And uh, we just ran, running, ran, start running and um, making shots and playing very confident basketball. And then you go against the Lakers. Game. Let, me, let me let me let me say I'm sorry. Let me say something about that series against San Antonio. When he, I, I've been around coaches where you lose by thirty, they come in and they like throwing stuff, you know, cursing you out. When he came in, he was calm. He was very calm. And I'm looking at Chris and Mitch and Rod, and I'm like, what's going on? And when he said, we're going to beat these guys, that gave us a sense of confidence that we go out there and beat the world because he didn't come in irate, throwing stuff, cursing us out. So I think that gave us a sense of confidence. And then coming into practice the next day, you remember he had to throw us off the court, yes. him and Greg Puffett. <laughs> they threw us off the court because we was playing three-on-three -three whole court, and we had a game the next day. He was like, all right, we're going to play horse. Y'all three guys shoot first. So we shot, and as we were shooting, they was putting the balls up. All right, get out. So we got out. So, But, so, but we, was, we was there for like two and a half hours, three hours playing basketball because we, we, we were so amped up. He was like, yo, use that for tomorrow night. And and get ready for them. Yeah, don't leave it here. So that's that. I mean, that's what I think helped us out to uh, to go out there and play against them and to beat them and to be, and win that series. Then the Lakers. So you guys, you guys lose game one. T 
take game two. Mully, I think you had 41 in game two. The game's over. The Lakers blow the game. And the Warriors are happy recipients. And they go home one and one. What happened before game three? Ron DMC came out and introduced us, and that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> that was the wrong thing to do. I don't know who came up with that, but we was all excited about it. Run DMC comes out from Queens. Yes. They came, flew out, yes. and you guys probably having the time of your life. Before the Lakers game, Run DMC is performing before an NBA game. That probably was, like, out of this world. That, that was as ahead of its time as, as our style of play. <laughs> Having, having a rap group come out. Ironically, uh, one of those part of Run DMC was actually a St. John's a student uh, when I was in school. So I kind of knew him a little bit. They were from just blocks from St. John's University. Um, I don't know what the connection there is. There's a whole bunch of rappers that come out of that part of Queens. Um, so I knew them a little bit, but to have them come, we had lunch with them the day before and hung out with them a little bit. We were feeling good, you know. <laughs> we were feeling great about everything. You know, we won that road game. But the, the difference back then was we weren't shooting as many threes, right? The, the, uh, the number of threes, we just didn't shoot them as much. And, and, and the Lakers were big, you know. So they actually, the things that when you play small, the things that you worry about are offensive rebounding, getting in foul trouble and just getting pounded in the paint. And that's what they were able to do. Even when they missed that Elton, what was that guy, that big guy from Clemson? Eldon Campbell. Oh, Eldon yeah, Campbell, yeah, yeah. Eldon Campbell, yeah. Sam Perkins, Devon. So they had some big guys that, you know, they made us pay. Magic yeah. was their point guard. He was 6'9". So, so nowadays, <laughs> you know, like they're playing Dallas tonight and Przingis is not playing. But if he was, if Tim switched on him, he goes to the three-point line. So that takes away the post up and the offense rebound. Yeah. Back in the day... They just walked you down. So, you know, they, they wore us down. That's what happened. And they won the series four. They went to the finals. But I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. So these guys, so I, was, I got here in 85. And just, just a little history lesson on, on how we're having a tough season this year. It's very, everything's very cyclical, right? You, you stumble in. Look, we, Nelly had a plan in the back of his mind. Nelly came in my second year. He came as the G, GM. He knew what he was doing. He was, he was taking this <laughs> thing over. Play. Yeah, he, but he knew exactly what was going on. He was coming to practice. But yeah, he wanted these guys, but we weren't definitely getting them. So, 86, when Sleepy had that big game, 87 against the Lakers, that was a decent team. Horrible chemistry, but a pretty talented team. But once Nelly took over, he's like, I'm changing this whole thing. I go to rehab, he trades like eight guys while I'm in there. I'm like, I'm about to stay here another about two years, man. <laughs> so, and it's funny because Tom Abdenau, you know, he remembers everything. Yeah. So just, just, it's funny because I, I took Southwest. I was coming back from rehab, right? So Nelly trades eight guys. The whole team's gone. I'm reading in, in, like the transaction. Like, Damn, whoa, it's getting crazy up there. <laughs> so I get off this Southwest flight at Oakland Airport, and I walk off. I have a red beard. I kind of just like all scruffy. I've been laid up for 36 hours. I was going to go work out. And I get off, and the team is at the same gate I'm getting off at to go play a game in L.A. I walk off, and I knew no one. I'm like, I got to go to the gym. <laughs> These guys don't know that part of the Warriors. So Mitch came in, right, and instantly was ready to play and changed the whole vibe. Nelly, there's eight guys left. We have, so Nelly, now it's Nelly's creation. He's the, the first piece. Average 22. But he's the first piece to, to this new type of style. We had a decent year. I don't think we did. We make the play. I don't think we yeah, we, we did first year. Okay, made the yeah, playoffs. You play the Jazz and then, right. Okay, yeah. we okay. We had a nice upset. Right, right. 
but it was this new energy, right? And the fans, that's the one thing that's been constant. You talk about selling out. His year, because with sleeping, and we had good crowds in the playoffs, but coming into it, not so much. I remember playing my first game here in 1985, and I was like, man, I went backwards. <laughs> the last game I played at college was at the Garden in front of 19,000, and now I'm over in Oakland, there's like 4,000 people. I'm like, <laughs> I need to go back to school somehow. <laughs> so then the following year, we're hearing rumblings, but then Nelly, you could call it luck, you know, probably just good for gets this guy. So now we come back, and it's a whole nother. And the, the fans, style of play, new blood, new energy. And the thing with us three is the bond is always basketball. We just love to play. And that comes out. You can see guys that love to play. You can yes. see it through the TV. You can see the way their energy and their talent and the love of it just brought people in. You know, like we'll see a kid tonight, Doncic, the way he plays. I've never met him. I watch him. The way his teammates react to him, it, it, it's, just, it's just different, right? And that's what these guys did. I was there before. <laughs> I was a leftover. They brought it up here and made it fun. And then we have very, unique, very different personalities. And people talk about chemistry. The chemistry is our talents blended. And we had like the utmost respect for each other. Like I know I needed what Tim did more than anything. I couldn't find a better player to get me a shot. Mitch could guard like, any, you know, one of the best two-way players, but he can go in the post. They have to double him. That's another way to, to you know, so it all just worked. And then Nelly, Nelly's style, he put it all together. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You talk to the other guys that went on. Jim Peterson came from Houston, right? He went to the finals. Sharunas was here. We had some... But they all, we all went different places, but we come back, man, that was the best time we played. No, that was the most fun we had. No the one thing we regret is we didn't get enough time to maybe, because mm. that two years, man, that's a quick time to make a decision. He was 23, 24. He might have been 28. You might have went to, how long are you in college, man? <laughs> you might have came in the draft at 26, dude. <laughs> but point being, think about, two, you know, if they'd have broke up Steph and Clay after two years. That's what, a quick... What, what if, it, one of the biggest what ifs in, in NBA history? Well, that's why it's still alive, too. It's one of those things that it keeps it alive, right? It does. And we'll, and we'll buy into it. We'll say we would have won four championships, no question. No question. <laughs> Five in a row. It's one, it's one thing to break up a team because you guys have played, you know, eight years together and look, it's not going to happen, right? But this was two years in the making. And if you guys hadn't played against the Lakers, the big Lakers, maybe Nelly doesn't. Make that move, and you say that move. So we'll go there. <laughs> November 1st, 1991, as the story goes, you're in Denver, and you get called into his, you get a call from Nelly at your hotel room. Right, right. What happened after that? Yeah, well, we were getting ready to go downstairs. We had 30 minutes to go and uh, get on the bus. And so as uh, I'm getting ready to pack up my bags, I get a call from Nelly and say, come to the, come to his room. And uh, as I'm going down to his room, I, I run into Mully. He's going to the bus. Like, where are you going? I said, I'm, I'm going to meet Nelly. And uh, he had no idea, but I kind of had an idea that I was going to get traded. Uh, it was been some rumblings about it. So I, I go to his room, and uh, he has a latch on his door. He's sitting back uh, on the uh, air condition. And uh, I walk in, 
and I and the first thing I said to him, I said, I know you traded me, but don't tell me you traded me to Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I traded you to Sacramento Kings. <laughs> and I said, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And I turned around. And uh, that was one of the worst days of my life, really. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy playing with these guys. And people don't understand, that was the funnest. I played 14 years, but that was the funnest team I played on. And we all, at the time, we lived right around the corner from each other. So in the summertime, we were all at each other's house. Um, you know, I would go back with, with Chris to New York and, and hang out with him in the summertime. We would always be playing. So this I mean, was bigger than basketball. I mean, it was bigger. It was bigger than that because, you know, I'm, I'm a young kid, and then I get traded, and it's, it's just the worst feeling in the world where you felt like, you know, you were, you were at a place that you wanted to be, and everyone got along. We played well together, and then I get traded away. I think Nelly was drinking that day. <laughs> well, no question about it. No question about it. You could say it. that. Um, yes. But a lot of days, yes. Yes. <laughs> but but you, you walk out of there. Did you run into Molly afterwards and, uh, and no, Tim? No, no, I didn't. Uh, these guys went to the game, and I went to my room, uh, packed my bag, and I went to the airport. So I, I went and got on a plane and um, went back to Oakland, got to Oakland Airport, and all the cameras was in my face about, you know, the trade and stuff. So, I, I mean, I don't even know how long that flight was. I can't even remember getting on it. I can remember. I can only remember getting off it and seeing people, but, yeah, it was, it was a blurry time. And then the next day, <laughs> yeah, that, that was – this is – the next day – uh, we play, Sacramento plays Golden State. No. Oh, oh yeah, in Oakland. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah in, in Oakland. I'm, and I, I just purchased Nelly, it. come on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. some sort of humanity. Oh, yeah, he was a jerk on that. No question. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I had just purchased my house in Alameda. And uh, so I went back to the house. And so the, the next day, I, I'm just so, I'm so out of it. I'm, I'm really out of it. So I go to the arena and... For somehow, for some reason, I, I end up in the Golden State Warriors locker room. <laughs> Not like, for I, some reason, yeah, that's I, your locker I, yeah, room. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I was out of it. I'm in the locker room with them, and I'm like, man, just I can't believe this. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I really can't believe it. So I I end up leaving that locker room, going next door to the Sacramento locker room, and uh, oh man, it, bro, it was it was unbelievable. I, I walk in, and the first thing I hear from one of the players, they go, "Welcome to hell." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sh I'm like, dang. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. So I, I sit down. Now I'm just sitting there. I have my clothes on, and Spud Webb comes down and sit right next to Spud. me. Yeah, Spud whispered to me and go, uh, man, I don't, I don't wish this on nobody, but I'm glad you're here with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here with me. I'm like, God. <laughs> So I, I remember Dick Mata. Dick Mata was the coach at that time, and he, he walks up to me and says, hey, you, you going to play today? I say, man, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm, I'm not playing today. Nope, not, not playing today. I'm, they just traded Billy Owens yeah, for you. Yes. And you're a rook, former rookie of the year, yes. one of the best two guards right. of the generation. Right. And you're like, nope, not playing. Nope. I said, I'm not, I'm not ready. To, I, I couldn't play, man. I, yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know the guys. I didn't know how they play. And then I'm going to play against them? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, no. So I got in the car. I just rode around. I rode around Oakland while the game was going on. And at the time, I, I was dating my, my, uh, my, my girlfriend, who's my wife now. 
Uh, I called her from my, you know, my car phone. You know, I had a little car phone. Oh, <laughs> you know, okay, car phone. okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had a car phone there, you know. <laughs> so I, I called her from the car phone. And I say, what's the score? She's like, ah, uh, uh, they losing. I'm like, who loses? She's like, Sacramento. I'm like, okay, okay. So I just rolled around, and, I, and then I finally made it home, and it was like in the fourth quarter with like some around two minutes left. And I walk in the house, and she goes, I said, so who, who, what's the score? And she wouldn't even say anything. And I looked at it. We had lost by 61 points. I just start crying. I, I, just, I, I, just, I just start crying. I'm like, man, I had no way. I, I, I called my agent, and I, you know, a young player, I didn't even know the rules. And I called him, and I said, is there any way I can retire? Like, <laughs> can I re- up, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, out. Yeah, I said, can I just retire and come somewhere else? He said, ah. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, dang. So, it, and the story gets even worse. So, <laughs> yeah, so the, ne- the next morning, the next morning. He needed spoke, to get this off his chest. Yeah, I really you can tell. Yeah. So the, the, He's been holding this for a long time. <laughs> so, so, the next morning, I, uh, you know, I just bought my house, and I already decided I'm not moving. I'm just going to drive up every day. You know what I mean? I'm just going to drive. I'm just going to commute. Why not? Why not? So I drive up, and we're supposed to have practice at, like, 1030. I get there at, like, about 9, you know, trying to figure out, you know, get there a little early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, walk in the locker room, no one's there. 10 o'clock comes, no one there. 1030 comes, no one there. I'm still there. Like, I stay there until noon. Randy Brown walks in, and I said, hey, uh, what time practice? He said, oh, man, we got two days off. I say, two days off? We just lost by 61? <laughs> like, two days off? Oh, my God. I'm like, this is going to be. I said, oh, my God. Oh. No, no I, I really didn't. That year, I, you know, I decided, I say, I, I wasn't going to comb my hair. I wasn't going to do anything. I, I didn't comb my hair for the whole year. And, and You're you, like Ron and, Burgundy after yeah, these, these guys the news station. Yeah, yeah these, these guys can tell you when it was a Christmas party, uh, the Warriors would throw a Christmas party, or the Warriors would throw a function. I was at their function. No. Oh yeah, I would drive. You'd crash I mean, Warriors stuff. I even would after be you... with. The, I would be with them. I threw. I threw parties and invited the whole go to state team. He was still family. Yeah, I was like, I, I wasn't there. I was. I was out of it. But yeah, that was the story. Yeah, yeah. Seems like it happened yesterday. Oh, no question about it. <laughs> I would never forget it. No question. No Wait. Question. So I read. Is this true that you commuted for three years? Yes. Three years. You wouldn't even live in Sacramento no. for three years. No, no. I mean, you're like. Tw- I just 20- bought my house in Alameda. I'm not. <laughs> no, yeah. They they would get me a little hotel room, so we had a back to back. You know, I would stay there in the hotel room. But after the game, and then at that time, Dick Model was probably at, at you know it was the end of his career. He wasn't really practicing. I mean. It was crazy. We were only practicing like 30 minutes, and we, we sucked. I mean, like, we were so bad. And, and to, to, to be down in Sacramento, and then at that time, you see the newspaper, it's all Golden State Warriors. I mean, I, I cried all that year. I mean, it was tough. It was really tough. Man. Yeah, the play, come on, man. That was tough. <laughs> Look at this face. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad that, you guys can clap hey. about it now. I mean, clap and laugh. Now, you know, one of the reasons he was a great player, he's got tremendous recollection, right? So he can remember all the scout reports, mm-hmm. who's going left, who's going right. That's an incredible memory, man. And I have heard that story Plenty several times. times. Yeah, no 
every other day. Man, 60-point defeat and no practice the next day? 61. So I want to dial it back to, you know, just the what-if factor is how, how often years later, because I don't think you guys achieve the same maybe success, wins and losses, whatever, but in terms of the joy that you guys had on the court, did you guys ever just want to run it back, even just playing on, on the outside courts or something like that, just want to play together again one time? Back then? Yeah. Uh, after he left? Yeah. Of course. Like, of course. Let's... I thought you were talking about now. Now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We did, though. I mean, we, we were still hanging. We were still playing together Oh, yeah, we still hanging. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we still we hanging. Worked, we worked yeah. out together in yeah. the summertime. So yeah. I wouldn't be here working out with, the, working out with these guys. Yeah. And I think, so Billy Owens, I feel like that's like a, a, a curse word around you. Like no, I feel, no. Like but it's not because no, you, actually, you came. Actually, we're, we're best friends. You it's you guys crazy. came he came in full circle you guys played together in, yeah. in Sacramento right yeah. so w- what was that did you guys have any conversations over the years or just like man I feel like we we're connected in this in this trade but we're okay no I I, I kept the dream alive I said uh, I wouldn't wish this on no one but thank God you're here with me <laughs> <laughs> pass it down to the next just pass it down to that's the next right. So, Tim, I want to ask you, you coming up from Chicago, I want to ask all of you guys, who did you look up to when you were young and coming up playing hoops? And I know, Mitch, you played, you played football. So this is cross-sport. Who were your idols athletically? Who were your idols that you looked up to? And secondly, today, you, talk, you mentioned Luka Doncic earlier. Who are some of the guys that today you look at and you're like, man, I wish I played with him or I look up to that athlete? Well, first of all, I grew up in the days in Chicago – well, it was Isaiah Thomas and Mark Guire, Terry Cummins. And as a guard, you always looked at Isaiah Thomas. And when I was like in seventh grade, my grammar school coach, he took me out of school and took me to the amphitheater. And he said, look, I want you to show you this guy. You, you remind me, you play just like him. So I'm, he said, number 11. I said, number 11? He said, yeah, that's Isaiah Thomas. I said, okay. So I started checking him out. And I'm looking at him. And I'm looking at Isaiah. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Isaiah. I said, you got to be me. I don't play nothing like Isaiah. <laughs> you see what he's doing out there? He's like, yeah, no, seriously. Trust me. You play just like Isaiah Thomas, that guy right there. And I was like, well, he must be seeing something <laughs> that I'm doing that I'm not even comprehending. So, uh, so yeah, I watched Isaiah. I patterned my game after Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, the moves that he was doing between the legs and, and behind the backs and passing the ball. And I just patterned my game after him. And I just watched him all his career, you know, through college because we used to get all the Indiana games in Chicago, yep. Big Ten. And then he went to Detroit, especially when he played the Bulls. We watched him play and, you know, we watched, you know, tape delay games in the playoffs. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just patterned my game after him and, and – and, and, that's what, how I started really understanding and how to play the game as a point guard. Where did the crossover come from? The Utah man, two-step, it, man. You know, it, 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 because I used to just dribble all the time. I used to just dribble up and down the, the street all the time. You know, guys should say, hey, you know, put it between your legs, and every block that you do, I give you a dollar without messing up. So I used to just put it, just walk the ball, just like I'm just walking down the street between my legs for about five, six blocks. That's five, six dollars, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And until we get to the, till we get to the uh, court, 
And then uh, we started playing, and they was like, all right, now you got to do it this way, or you got to do it that way. You got to put it between your legs, behind your back, between your legs, behind your back. So I just, well, they was just vising ways to have me just dribble. And when I was just dribbling, I was just, it just came naturally. So when I did the crossover, it, it was just a move that I did until everybody say, you know, you're crossing people over, or Magic say he crossed me over like this. I'm like, okay, well, it's a killer crossover. So that's where it started. But I didn't, I wasn't trying to form that move. Yeah, you're just trying a, to invent anything. It just no, it just, just happened. It just happened. So, but the guys I, I, I would like to play with today, of course, Splash Brothers. Yeah. You know, definitely them two. Embiid, you know, a big fella like that. Uh, you got the, the guys in, in, in Boston, Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum. And Kemba and Gordon Hayward. You know, yes. so, um, no, I'll be the point guard on that team. Kemba. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you know, those guys. Who has the best crossover since yours? Kemba Walker. Yeah. If you watch Kemba, he'd be, whew, he'd be out there doing it. Mm. Probably I'm, closest to you. Yeah, that's close to me. Kemba, he 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 be ooh. He stop on a dime. People be in the in the lane. He's shooting the ball. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He gets me out of my seat at home. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do. Unless you Tim Jr., then you know. Oh, okay. There we go. And then you know, I'm all, I'm, you know, I, I be out of my seat a lot. What about you, Mitch? Coming up. Uh coming up. I mean, I didn't watch that much basketball. Uh, it was uh, more, mostly football. I love yeah. basketball, but football. I think, to Florida guy. Football. <laughs> yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. I think my my favorite player as far as basketball was was Dr. J. Uh, I love I love how he handled himself on and off the court. Uh, he was a class act, um, you know, and played in the ABA and did some some wonderful things. I, I think the first NBA guy I, I ever met was Bobby Jones. So he came to our high school uh, when I started playing basketball, and um, and I fell in love with Philadelphia 76ers because of that, with Dr. J. So I, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think those was the guys that uh, you know, Dr. J. Who I looked up to, and uh, you know, wanted to be like him, especially off the court. Uh, but uh, I think other than that, uh, as far as the players, I, I, I love watching the players today. You know, I, I love uh, uh, the Greek Freak. Uh, down there, he can he can really play. I love Kawhi because I th I think Kawhi Kawhi is one of those guys that he's like a throwback. And uh, in this day and game, I mean this day and age, uh, they don't want you to shoot the mid range. And Kawhi uses the three point shot. He uses the mid range. He uses the post up. He uses the drives. He uses every every aspect of the offensive offensive game. And then I like that he he goes on the other end and he guards the best player. Uh, so I think him. Paul George, uh, two-way guys, Le you're LeBron. Yeah, I'm, you see I love yourself those. in these guys. No yes. question about it. Yeah, I like that. What about you? Yeah, growing up in New York, and as Tim alluded to, there wasn't as much and Clay. I'm sorry, not as many games on TV. So the Knicks, Celtics, that was that was most of the games I watched. I, I you know, thinking about, it, I like the show. I love Pistol Pete. I love Walt Frazier, and I love the ABA. I used to watch the ABA a lot as a kid. So the up and down style. Um, but then through, when I get into high school and college, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were the guys right above me kind of that made it big and watched those guys. So I was one of those kids, watched the game, and whoever did really well, that's who I wanted to be that day. <laughs> Didn't really matter to me. And now today. You, oh, today, yeah. I, mean, I, love, I, love, I love Doncic. I love the way he plays. Uh, Antetokounmpo, 
You know, I just think they're team guys. You know, they they get their numbers, but they seem that they're. I just watch the way their teammates play play for them and play with them. There's, it's just a kind of a different vibe. Um, and there's there's great players throughout. Steph and Clay to me, you know, they're they're going to go down as the best shooters of all time. Um, I just I just really really appreciate the way they ingratiate themselves to their teammates. You know. No matter who comes through, they they just fit in seamlessly. I mean, part of it's their skill because they could play any time with any style. But I think beyond that, the the way they conduct themselves is is really, you know, it ingratiates them not only to their teammates but to the league, to the world. Really, they just they're just respected and loved. That's what basketball is all about: yeah. this team. And you guys, you guys exemplified that. I mean, 162 points is insane. That's insane. And even today's NBA, I mean, teams aren't coming close to that. So, Well, we talked a little bit about Nelly's unique style and probably something guys wouldn't do now. But he would come in every one, you know, if we were middle of the season playing well, we were playing a team, we'd, he didn't feel like scouting maybe. He'd just walk into the chalkboard and just put up 120 and just circle it. Let's go 120 tonight and let's get out of here. <laughs> like no scouting report, right. no defense. Right. Right. They can't score. Man. Let's score 120 and let's get up out of here. That was nice. That's fun. That's a cool way to come and play a game. <laughs> and t- tell them what he would say. He would say, we weren't going to run any plays. No play. Yeah, we will call no plays unless you start playing selfish. You're not passing the ball. We're running no plays. Go out there and play with each other. Have some fun. Run motion. Run motion and share the ball. We had a little a game. It was basic because of Tim. If, again, on a road trip, if we were kind of getting run down a little bit, He'd take the first half, and he said, we're just going to play the butter, which would be we're going to, when we get the ball on offense, we're just going to hold it to five seconds just to kind of play slow, and then Tim's just going to do his thing. Butter. Butter. So we, and we do that for a half. If we kept it close, and then a half, the, now we're going to go get him. <laughs> now we're going the other way. But, but, butter is, is when the shot clock is at five, that means that, oh, we got to get a shot up. Mm-hmm. We don't want the shot clock to go down. So that's butter. Everybody be like, butter! <laughs> when you I, get butter. I don't know if I'm... Somehow, I don't magically, butter, Tim but... had the ball all the time. <laughs> had butter. <laughs> it found me. That's right. You know, the ball just found me. Well, uh, before we go, um, I cannot leave this stage without asking you about what's behind you. This right here is an amazing photo and I gotta get some sort of backstory on these fits. You talked about Clay and Steph fitting together. Um, these fits are unbelievable. Where was this taken in, in the sunglasses? Was that your idea, Molly? Mitch said they were out of style then. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? They were. Get, I got them in Maui, man. They were. They were the, like one of the first pair of Maui gyms, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. Those are Maui. I gyms. got them from Maui gym. <laughs> For real, seriously. Wait, like Jim, his okay. name is Jim. And we got, I, like, I like the pinky ring. That's a little gangster from I, Chicago. And I still have that. <laughs> yes. Nice color coordination, that chain, of course. I still have that. Mitch is always clean. What you wouldn't see is he, every piece of clothing, I mean every piece of clothing is ironed. He irons yeah. everything. Wait, what? That's every that, piece of clothing his, his he irons. His stuff is right across the street right now getting pressed. He irons Everything. Everything. Hold up, Everything. I'll be right back. I gotta go iron. I'll go iron. And me, that's just whatever, man. A T-shirt. I gotta go iron it. Yeah, that's a cardigan. What's what that, do you mean Mitch? that's whatever? That, that, that's King Tut, brother. King Tut. King Tut. Yeah. You King still Tut. have it? Yeah, no question about it. 
No question about it. That's about it, man. It is, you know, that must is not my color. I don't know where this outfit came from. But I was a little, you know, angry because I used to roll into the games like this. Right. And they said, we're going to do, if this was done right outside the locker room in the Oakland Coliseum. Mm -hmm. They yeah. had their car pulled up. It was just cardboard, but, he, but we saw it before the day we came, so we had to get color coordinated. So they said, look, you have to wear something brown and, you know, be color, somewhat color coordinated. Don't come in here with red on and orange and yellow and stuff like that. So that's it. We, we, we color coordinated, though. I like this, Mitch. I like the hair here. <laughs> <laughs> huh? it looks hey, good, on. man. You were combing your hair at that point. No question about it. Every every curl. Huh? every oh, stop. game. Stop till every oh, game. Stop. This how I got acclimated to to the the locker room. They just said, "Look, watch Mitch. Watch Mitch." We get in the end right before we go out. Mitch go right to the to the mirror. Then you go like this in the mirror. You go like. <laughs> now he's ready to play. <laughs> now he's ready to play. Oh, yes, if he didn't sir. do that, oh man, something was wrong. Something was wrong. But when he did that, when he smiled and, and looked back, you're like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm like, okay, he's ready now. You got to look good to play good. Right. right. Amen. Right. Hey, let's give it up to the run, TMC. Wait, so in Sacramento, you didn't do your hair like that? Uh, no, not that yet. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't put the curl juice in it. How about oh, that? Man. Left that out. Let it go straight. Man, you know? <laughs> I'm glad we did the Telestrator up here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. We're going to have to break down a few plays tonight, so we're working on a... <laughs> o overtime here, uh, three-wheel drive, three Mendes, bloodthirsty gym rats? <laughs> what is that? That's why we didn't pick it. <laughs> uh, my three guns, Star Warriors, Star Warriors, get it? Three men in a basket, that's so 1991. Man. This might be the most 1991 thing I've ever seen, but yeah. So I'm at the cigar bar last night. This All guy, right. this go. guy said, when they going to bring out the Chris and Tim burger? I said, wait a minute. It's the Tim and Chris Burger. He said, okay, when are they going to bring that out? I said, I don't know. You got to go ask them. But I said, you remembered that, huh? He was like, yeah. He said, yeah, McDonald's. He said, that was a good burger, too. I said, yeah, they were good. So, I mean, that, that's what type of stuff we get. We just walking down somewhere in, in the Bay Area, and people just remember stuff that we did. So that's what's cool about it. Wait, what, what was the uh, Chris and Tim Burger or the Tim and Chris Burger? I don't know. <laughs> it was, but it was it, good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was. It, 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 I think it was a quarter pound. It wasn't a big pound. Yeah, something like quarter pounder. Yeah. We got that. We got that free car. Free oh, yeah. For, oh yeah. For a year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, just, yeah. I just missed that burger. <laughs> Man, I feel like down the street. That's okay. I was getting a little teary eyed when he was telling his Sacramento stories. Man, that was some tough times. Yeah. But you, um, yeah, we got to do this raffle, but okay. well, there's also, speaking of food, there was like a pizza thing with you guys, right? Like if you guys scored a certain number of points in a game. Oh, yeah. It was free pizza. <laughs> that was the worst idea ever. 120 and a win? 120 and a win, yep. 
How many we average you, that year? Yeah, you guys must have done that every yeah, game. Yeah, we, we averaged one eighteen that year. One eighteen. What was the pizza? They're probably out of business now, because because they had to give out all that free pizza. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about a podcast that should be in your rotation. Hello, this is Kareth Burke. On the latest Run and Plays podcast, I sat down with Hall of Famer Gary Payton. He told me why trash talk is a lost art. It is because people think now trash talking is more about being physical. It's mm-hmm. about you want to try to fight or whatever. In our era, we can talk about each other and we'll come back and talk about you the same way and don't get a hard feeling. We don't get hard feelings. Anything goes in trash talking to me. You know, uh, even people's mamas, even people's mamas. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about my mama, I know what my mama is really about. Mm-hmm. That's just you being soft inside. To listen to the full interview with Gary Payton, download the Run and Plays podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Now back to the conversation. Do you have any burning questions that you want to ask each other before we go? Who you got tonight? Dallas Mavericks, baby. Tim Hardaway Jr. I was waiting on that question. <laughs> hey, how many, it's hey. all about Tim Hardaway Jr. How many he get? Nobody how many else. Hey, he, I wish. He, I hope he got 60. That's how I hope. How much he got? <laughs> it's all about Tim Hardaway Jr. All night, every night. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Thank you very much for asking me that. <laughs> I was waiting for that all day. Who would guard Luca out of you three? Oh, yeah, I probably. <laughs> I guard Pazingas. I guard Mark Eaton. I might as well guard him too. <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm letting you down because my name is Tom, and Tom Tolbert had some hair. I definitely don't have any hair. But Tom, what was that like playing with him, Tom Tolbert? It was fun. Tom's you, a great teammate. Yeah. You got you got to have a guy that keeps everybody loose. Loose, and that's what he did every day. I mean, he didn't have a care in the world. He came in loosey goosey, having fun, talkative, telling jokes, talking about Caddyshack and and Seinfeld and all type of stuff. But he, I mean, he just kept everybody loosey goosey. Don Nelson, he's upset about something. <laughs> Forget him, man. Look, <laughs> what are we gonna do tonight? Where are we going? <laughs> Who got the next beer? You know, stuff like that. That was Tom Tobert. Great. I mean, he was a great teammate. And, you know, he kept defenses honest. You know, they big man shooting the three. You had, um, what's his name, David Robinson. He couldn't go down and block shots the way he wanted to because if we see him creeping down, we throw it out to Tom. Tom making threes or making twos, he like he looking at the coach like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Coach over there, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, he, he, he was a friend, good friend. Yeah, you know, you, yeah Tom, you, I'm sorry, but Tom, Tom was probably uh, the one guy that drove Nelly crazy. Yes. Because Nelly would, would cuss at him, throw him out of practice. He was just, <laughs> okay, see you tomorrow. Oh, I mean, he, that's the he, worst. Yeah, he, he just drove Nelly crazy. And, but, he, but he came to play. He came every day, played, and played hard, but he did like to have fun. Down in that Arizona sun, that's what probably got him in that loosey goosey mm. mood. Yeah, but he was good, good teammate. Yeah, in that 162 point game, you know how many three pointers you guys made in that game? Uh, no, what? No, no. Five, two, two. Okay. two. Who was it from? I don't know if you. I uh, Rod Higgins made one. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, maybe Tom. And how many how many threes would you take in today's game? You played today. 
How many are you taking a night? We average 10 a piece. Yeah, I'd say 10 a game. 10 probably. a game. Yeah. yeah, we average 10 a piece. I mean, it was like six years ago when Steph, I wrote a column being like, Steph, you, you should take 10 a game. Mm-hmm. And that was like crazy. That was crazy to write like, you should take three, 10 three-pointers in a game. And now it's like, Luca's doing it. James Harden's doing it. It's the norm. Yeah. I mean, team shooting 50. The Houston Rock is like, we got to get up 63s in a game. Every game we're getting up 63s. Even if we go eight for 60, we're going get, to get up 63s. I, I think that's just ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're missing. You got to say, hey, wait a minute, time out. <laughs> All right, the percentages are going down. You know, let's try to do something else like shoot a mid-range jumper or take it to the hole to get our rhythm. No, they letting it go. And I think, uh, you know, we got to give uh, Mark Jackson a little credit because I can remember way back when, when Steph and Clay started playing, Mark was saying that they were the best shooting guards that backcourt, he had, yeah. backcourt that he had ever seen. And I can remember we were like, man, you Houston, what you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? But I, I totally can understand that they were long ball shooters. I mean, like they are accurate shooters. They, they, they put their time in and practice, and now I can understand what Mark was saying. No question about it. Would you get cut or pulled out of the game if you if you took a three in transition, like 20 no. on the shot clock? Wait, not, hey, us. Hey, 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 hey. not us. Not us. <laughs> no, we if we took too like, many of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. we wouldn't got taken out. Somebody yeah. on the team would have been like, yo, what, do, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you, you can't be shooting those threes. But, yeah, yeah but – not with Nelly. I'm saying with Nelly. Oh, Nelly, he let Nelly us go. Gave us the green yeah, light, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But I can remember if I shot five threes in a game, I was like, oh my God, I shot too many today. Like, <laughs> I got to stop, man. I got to slow down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> shot five. <laughs> yeah, man. Luke is going to shoot five three pointers in the first quarter exactly. tonight. Easily. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to hit five of them, too, right? That's all. Yep. He killed us last game. Yes, he, he killed did. us. It yes, is. he did. I was, believe me, I was standing up. I spoke to you at halftime. I spoke to you at halftime. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. All right, that'll do it. That'll do right. it. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Thanks. Good job, Tom. Thank you. And that'll do it for one of my favorite episodes of The Haber Show. What an awesome time with those guys. Want to thank Tim. Want to thank Mitch. Want to thank Chris, the TMC and Run TMC. I want to thank them for taking the time to share those stories with the live audience and more importantly with all of you. If you haven't listened to the Doug Christie episode from last week, be sure to do that and you'll get the details on the time he punched Rick Fox in a preseason game and Doug's wife Jackie tried to do the same. Yeah, definitely check that out. Also, subscribe, rate, and review if you can. And until next time on The Haber Show.